Welcome to Musicians vs. the World. An interesting thing happened last week. NanoRacks LLC and Artemis Music Entertainment commissioned Hong Kong-based pianist Wing Chong Cam to record a performance of Debussy's Claire de Lune. Now, a recording of Claire de Lune is not that novel. There are thousands of recordings of Claire de Lune out there. In fact, you're listening to a recording of me playing it right now. Claire de Lune, the composition, is in the public domain, so anyone that wants to can make a recording of it without worrying about copyright or licensing or anything along those lines. So as beautiful as Claire de Lune is, someone making a recording of it is not that interesting. But what happened was that the companies then sent that digital recording into space. It ended up on the International Space Station, stayed up there for 90 minutes, orbiting the Earth, and then was beamed back down. Well, okay, honestly, this again is not particularly new. There has been music sent up to the space station before, and there's been music written up there and performed and played up there. So that's not new. But what was new about this was that after completing its orbit in space and being sent back down to Earth, the companies minted that digital recording as an NFT, making it the first music NFT in orbit. You've probably heard a lot about NFTs in the news over the past few months. Most notably, the digital artist Beeple sold an NFT of one of his digital artworks at Christie's for $69 million. So what is an NFT? Why is it worth that much? And how can music and musicians be involved with it? Or should they even be involved? For today's episode, I'm going to go over the basics of NFTs and give you an idea of why some musicians are so excited about them. NFT stands for non-fungible tokens. Now, non-fungible basically means that something is unique and can't be replaced with a different item of that same kind. I think we as musicians can appreciate the value of something unique versus something mass-produced. We're the type of people that spend more money on a quality instrument than we do on our own cars, or in some cases, our own houses. Anyway, an example of a fungible item would be something that can easily be replaced, like a pair of running shoes. Now, I wear a pretty common type of running shoe when I go jogging. So when I wear out a pair, I can easily replace them with the same brand and make of shoe and can continue on my merry little jogging way without noticing much of a difference. They have the same value. Now, if I had a -a one-of-a-kind pair of shoes that was designed and handmade by a master shoemaker that was no longer alive, then those shoes would no longer be replaceable. Those shoes would be non-fungible. So that's the N and the F part. But what about the T? What's this token in NFT? To understand that, you kind of have to understand what a blockchain is. A blockchain is the record-keeping technology behind cryptocurrency. So instead of people thinking of a bank or keeping their money in a bank or some sort of stock, it's basically a database that keeps track of information. In this case, it's information about buying or selling transactions. Information in these blockchains, it's it's stored in groups called blocks, and then those blocks are chained together in a sort of timeline with timestamps that can't be reversed. 
and it's completely decentralized. So again, going back to the bank analogy, when you buy something, your bank tells you whether you have enough money in your account to buy that, and they validate that transaction. But instead of your bank telling you those things, in a blockchain, there's a networks of computers, like everybody can see these transactions. So that network of computers scattered across the globe, they're the ones that confirm the information and they're the ones that validate the transaction. Everyone can see it, so it's completely decentralized. Now, blockchains are usually used to trade cryptocurrencies like Bitcoins. And Bitcoins are fungible because you can replace one Bitcoin with another. NFTs, however, those tokens have a unique code and they have properties that make them completely unique and one of a kind from other tokens, making that specific digital asset one of a kind, scarce, rare, absolutely unique. So my little recording of Claire de Lune is still Claire de Lune. It's the same notes. The score is in public domain and like I said, anyone can record it for themselves and have a digital copy of it. Intrinsic and sentimental value aside, the value of my recording is just whatever someone is willing to pay for it. But by sending the digital recording into space and back and becoming the first musical NFT to do something like that, these companies have created scarcity for their product. And by creating that scarcity, they are hoping to increase the value of that specific digital file and NFT. And when it sells, it will probably get people paying more for that NFT than they would for my, you know, run of the mill Claire de Lune recording. And that's the whole point. As time goes on, whoever originally bought that NFT may sell it again on that blockchain and they can sell it to somebody else, hopefully for more money and as a return on their investment. So this really seems like a great thing for collectors, people that have a lot of expendable income or, you know, things along those lines. So what does this have to do with musicians? Well, the truth is it's getting tricky for musicians to make money. Performing musicians used to make money by selling their albums. The internet, file sharing, and streaming services put a stop to that market really fast. And streaming services are notorious for not paying artists well. And now most musicians make their living from concerts and other performances, sponsorship deals, and merchandising. And as concerts and live events were completely canceled in most of 2020, musicians have been looking into new ways to support themselves in this ever-changing market. And that's where NFTs have come into play recently. This year, a growing number of musicians have used NFTs to enhance their income in one form or another. They've been using NFTs to sell digital merchandise like videos, music, and entire albums as NFTs. By selling them as NFTs, the musicians cut out the labels and the managers and other middlemen, and they also create this scarcity so people pay more for the products that they're selling. An example of this is Eminem launched ShadyCon, where he sold original beats and other collectibles as NFTs. And he did this because he had all sorts of collectibles and he loved to collect things when he was younger and he wanted to give his fans the opportunity to join in on this collectible experience. And it probably also didn't hurt that he was creating scarcity by doing these NFTs and he probably got more money for these collectibles than he would have if he just sold them at a store or on, on the internet somewhere. And so he loves the idea of these NFTs so much that on August 4th, he announced that he was one of the investors in Maker's Place, 
a specific NFT market for buying and selling digital creations. And he is an investor along with Sony Music Entertainment, Paul Rosenberg, and other people that were investing in it. There's also an interesting NFT exchange called Opulus that gives buyers a share in the copyright of a musician's music. In theory, those that buy these NFTs are basically investing in an artist's career and music. When an investor buys the NFT, they are buying a percentage of the copyright to the recording that the artist has minted. So as the song or piece of music is shared over social media and is played over the radio or on TV or in various capacities, the investor gets a percentage of the royalties along with the musician. And as the artist grows, the investor has a source of passive income that grows along with the artist. This should incentivize the investor to share the artist's music as much as possible and promote them as well as help the musician gain exposure, because the more exposure the artist has, the more passive income the investor gets. Now, it sounds like a great idea, but truth be told, I'm a huge fan of artists keeping hold of their copyrights as much as possible, and I would always be very cautious with something like this. However, that being said, it could possibly be a better deal for artists than some traditional record deals that artists have to sign up for to get their music out there. I will just have to wait and see what happens with that. So it seems that some big name musicians are seeing the future in NFTs. And I don't know, what do you think? Is this the future of music in the digital age? Is it the new and sustainable income stream for musicians that we've been waiting for? Will it give musicians a more direct line to investors and enable them to have more control over their copyrights and royalties? Or will it just be another seemingly great idea that will benefit a few already rich and famous people and leave the rest of music devalued, with unknowing and struggling musicians selling out their copyrights and being worse off when a bubble bursts? I really don't have an answer to that. There seem to be a lot of environmental and technological problems with NFTs that I'm just now starting to learn about, and I'm going to be looking more into those. But I am very interested in how it's all going to play out. In the meantime, I'll keep playing Claire de Lune for myself. It's beautiful, it serves the purpose I need, and it fits within my budget. Although it's true it hasn't circled the globe in the International Space Station. Oh well. Musicians vs. the World is a production of Frosted Lens Entertainment in conjunction with Smithtown Music. Today's episode was hosted by me, Christine Smith. The music you've heard today is Claire de Lune, composed by Claude Debussy. If you'd like to learn more about NFTs, I'll have links to some interesting articles and videos that may help explain them even more. I'll put those as well as transcription of this episode on our website, frostedlens.com slash musicians versus the world. If you've enjoyed today's podcast, please be sure to subscribe so you don't miss out on any future conversations. And if you want to help us reach more people that may be interested in today's topic, share this episode with them or leave us a nice review wherever you listen to podcasts. If you have any topics you'd like to hear discussed or questions about music or musician life that you'd like answered, please be sure to reach out on Instagram, Twitter, or Facebook, or send us an email at info at Thanks so much.